0: Welcome to the Living Parables podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through His Word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all listeners tuning in the show today, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate every single one of you, and now let us begin. I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new week, brand new episode. I am recording this episode On January 3rd, 2022. So, the first recording of 2022. With that being said, I hope that you had a wonderful Christmas, a wonderful new year. And I really pray that the Lord blesses you tremendously in 2022. Brand new year, fresh start. And what better way to start the new year out by drawing closer to God? And Let's just start with resolutions for a minute before we jump into Ephesians 3. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about resolutions. What I will say is that your only resolution should be to draw closer with God. Something in the spiritual aspects of things that God requires, seeking after his will, maybe working on anger, maybe working on something that, that you know is hindering you, in your relationship with God. So those things are beneficial. But, you know, losing weight, that's that's also a good one, but again, losing weight, working out, all those things they are of some value, but pursuing the heart of Jesus Christ, the fullness of who he is, pursuing sanctification, those are the true resolutions that we need to make. So I pray that you would reevaluate and reflect and examine yourself how you were in 2021. And I hope that you come to the realization, like I have, where you can never get close enough to Christ. And so, with that being said, we are in Ephesians chapter three today. And we're going to do something a little bit different. Every time that we've done a study, especially these book studies, what we've done in the past is I read through the selected text. And then from that point, we go all the way back and we go through it and start dissecting it and breaking it down. What we're going to do today is something a little bit different. We're actually going to start in the first verse and we're just going to start going through. We're going to first verse, we're going to talk about it. Second verse, then we're going to talk about it. Instead of just going all the way through, we're kind of cutting out the middle man a little bit. And, Before we truly begin though, I have to give you a little bit of announcement. We have officially been working on a YouTube channel for the Living Parables ministry. And in that, my friends, it's another way, it's another platform, another avenue to share the gospel to reach as many people as we can trying to fulfill the great commission. And I hope this book study has blessed you tremendously in your walk with Jesus Christ. But the other announcement is that after this book study of Ephesians, I am going to take a break. I have not determined how long that is going to be but I'm going to take a break on it because there are some things that I need to get done that I have set off aside that I need to get accomplished and also going to be working on this YouTube channel. And just to give you guys a little bit of a preview and some of you on Facebook have witnessed this already, but I have converted a section of my house into an area where I'm going to do the recording for the YouTube channel. We have our Living Parables uh, poster up, so we're going to have that. And it's going to be about 10 to 15 minutes. I know what you're thinking. Nate, that's crazy. You never go 10, 15 minutes. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get to where it's a little bit shorter, a little more compact. There's still rich, deep spiritual truth, but it's it's compacted in such a way that it's, it's easily relatable. Something you can apply to your lives and and something that you can also learn to grow to grow closer with God. So that's something I'm looking forward to. It's it's been a long break. And as I'm recording this, this is the last day of our school break. And so with that being said, those are some exciting things that are coming up. Now, I've been asked a question to some of the people that are in my inner circle that. Am I going to continue doing the podcast? As of right now, yes, I would like to come back for a fourth season and do character studies or do a book study. And that's the amazing part about God is, you know, I'm just following what I believe his will is and what he is wanting me to do. And I had this YouTube channel in mind and we're going to see where it goes right now on my channel, there is no subscribers, no videos, no nothing. So it's kind of interesting to see how that has started, but we're going to move on from that point. And don't, don't despair. I don't have any, any intentions of shutting the podcast completely down, but you have to also understand that, you know, I have a a wife and four kids. I want to do the YouTube channel. I got, uh, I'm a youth pastor and teacher and I got all these things. And I don't want to stretch myself out too thin. That's why I'm taking my time with this YouTube channel. I know what you're thinking. Let, Nate, let's get to the study. But I just want to share with my heart with you. Uh, there's a lot of things that, uh, that I really enjoy. And, you know, this podcast has been such a blessing to me. And being able to go through these book studies has helped my walk. So I, I don't intend on shutting it down completely, but it is quite an effort to put these together. If I want to record three episodes in a day, that's at least four or five hours of my day that I have to sacrifice and give up versus spending time with my family. Now there's other ways to to handle that. And I know what you're thinking, this is going way overboard, but I'm just sharing my heart with you. That's, That's where I'm at. So with that, let's go ahead and start. So we're doing something different today. Instead of reading throughout the whole entire text and going back to it. We're just going to start in verse one and the intention today, God willing is to actually go through the whole chapter of the third chapter of Ephesians. So let's go ahead and get started. Chapter three, verse one, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. So Paul was ordained and anointed as an apostle to the Gentiles. That's us. That's anybody that is not a Jew. And the amazing part about this is that he is in prison. And I know that if I was in prison, I would really hope and pray that I would have this type of joy. And, you know, not to start this lesson off with a little bit of a downer, but believing in Jesus Christ and having a Bible could at one point throw you in prison. And that's why Jesus says that we must count the cost because our lives may be on the line, our families might be on the line, and everything has to come second place and Jesus Christ has to be first. And so it's not a it's not a light Task. It's not a light following. It's not a light uh, life decision. It's a it's a huge decision to follow Jesus Christ, and the rewards are so great, and so fantastic. And we're not talking about healings, blessings, feelings, all those in finances and all that kind of stuff. That's not what we're talking about. But the spiritual blessings, the the peace, the love, the joy, all the fruits of the spirit. Those are are ours in abundance. And those are ours to continue to work on and progress through. But that's what the world is missing, the fruits of the Spirit. Everybody's always pursuing things, always pursuing worldly things. But that's not our focus. Verse 2, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you. So stewardship here is a rare word, meaning a person who looks after another's affairs. Or you could talk about an oversight of another's property. So here, Paul is a steward of God's grace. He was chosen by God to preach this good news of Jesus Christ to the Gentile world. And it was given to him to give to us. Verse 3, That by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. Divine revelation is from God. And it was from God to Paul. And Paul was entrusted to be a steward of this gospel. And we have the same responsibility today. Now, have we been given divine revelation spoken from God to us physically? No, that doesn't happen anymore. All divine revelation is placed into one source, and that is the Bible, Scripture. That is it. So if you hear people saying that they hear God talking to them and or angels talking to them and giving them special messages and special revelation outside of the Bible. That's not true. Because what does Revelation say in the 22nd chapter? Do you remember what I'm talking about? Let's go there. Revelation 22. So as we get there, and this is becoming a, a big problem to the church because there are charismatics out there that believe that they have a special revelation. And that is a form of Gnosticism, which they believe that you have special revelation that no one else has. It's secret knowledge. So listen to Revelation 22, 18. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city, which are written in this book. So it's bright as day, clear as crystal. You don't add to the book and you don't take away from it. And that's a problem. And the scary part is there's many churches out there today. I quote, and I say quote unquote churches because they do take away from scripture they they cherry pick what they want to believe and you can't do that and if you look at the old testament you look at the israelites and when they do those things uh, it doesn't go so well and the same thing happens today a lot of these churches that you see out there today are not churches they have the the church title in it but it's not a church and so the true church is the, the church that Jesus Christ established on this earth, it has a very, very clear-cut, precise, orderly fashion that God has ordained and called good and called his church. And people, people in their deceptions, in their secret hidden agendas have transformed church into something that it's not, and it's blasphemous, and it's scary, and if you're a part of those things, you got to get out, but the other thing is, if you don't open up the Bible, and you you're never going to figure that out, you can be stuck inside of a heretical movement that ultimately will lead to damnation, that's why it's so critical that you open up the word and read it yourself, but I digress, (laughs) so Let's go to verse four. By referring to this, when you can read and understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, verse five, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the spirit. So at one point, my friends, as we remember from Colossians one, that There was a point where Christ was a mystery and people were in darkness. And that's what we just celebrated with Christmas. Now, was Jesus Christ born on Christmas Day? No, no. Shepherds would not be out in a field in December 25th in Israel. No way. But the mystery of God was born into this world. The Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Chosen One. He was born into this world. That is the great mystery. Because thousands and thousands of years, people were waiting and waiting for the Messiah. And He has finally come. And here's what's amazing about the time that we live in. Because some people say, I wish I can go back in time and be be alive during those times. Which it would be amazing to be around when Jesus actually physically walked this earth. But we have full divine revelation in Scripture given to us. We have Christ who paid the price for our salvation on the cross. That already occurred. He already rose from the dead to confirm that, to confirm who he was and who he is. And then now we have through Christ, through trust and faith in him, and Christ is our Lord and Savior, and he is our Lord. He is our master. We are given a gift of the holy spirit in which he dwells within us to remind us of those things to illuminate the scriptures to make it clear to to help us understand how we are to live the christian life and also to for lack of a better word translate our prayers into what they're supposed to be to god that that's that's super powerful stuff we have that all right here and the amazing part is i have all these bibles at my disposal right now but that was not the case a few thousand years ago i don't even say you know that that is a miracle that we have the word of god and you can literally go on amazon right now and buy one for, actually a pretty decent one for about 10 to 20 bucks that is that is ridiculously cheap compared to what is in scripture, the, that the only source of hope, the only source of truth is in scripture. And yet you can only purchase it for 10 and $20. If people actually believe that the Bible is actually the God's word and people knew without a shadow of a doubt that that was the absolute truth. Well, we already talked about it a few episodes ago, but the whole Jeff Bezos going into outer space for $4 billion or something astronomical like that, the Bible would be worth that. But it's not. It's counted as mythical, old wives' tales, feel-good stories, and that's it. But the Bible is, is the actual Word of God. God breathed truthful historical and accurate and i can go on and on but we have to keep going so divine revelation is also from the holy spirit and that revelation especially with everything that was written in the new testament was again holy spirit inspired and Was revealed to his holy apostles and the prophets in the Spirit. So all divine revelation is from the Holy Spirit. Verse 6: To be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So Gentiles at one point were excluded from this inheritance of the saints of God. And now through the gospel, the good news of sinners redeemed of their destruction by Christ. And it's, remember, it's through Christ. It's through Christ. Remember, it's in him, with him, and for him. And so now we are fellow heirs. We are fellow members of the body, his church. And we're partakers of the promise of salvation, eternal salvation in Christ Jesus our Lord. Through the gospel. Verse 7 of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. Again, God gifted Paul divine revelation in which Paul wrote with, again, obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote most of the New Testament. And that was a gift of God's grace. It was given to him according to the working of God's power. See, if you read scripture, no apostle boasts of their own holiness, their own strength. They always give the glory back to God. It says, according to the working of his power. Verse 8, to me, the very least of the saints. Always be humble, my friends. Always be humble. And that's what he's doing here. The very least of the saints, of all saints, not just... Not just the apostles, but all saints. That's humility, people. And that comes through the Holy Spirit. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. And he's not talking about money, cars, clothes, grace. Um, It's all of grace. It's all of mercy and compassion and love. So again, we're not talking about materialistic things. We're talking about the spiritual things of God. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles, again, the unfathomable riches of Christ. That's what we have in him. Verse 9. And to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God. Again, who is the mystery? Christ. Who created all things. We, Do you see the parallels in Colossians 1? Are you seeing those very clearly? You should. And you can find that in Colossians 1.16. Verse 10. So that the manifold wisdom, which manifold here means many are varied. So that the manifold wisdom of God might now be known. Through the church, to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places, this was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. All things, all things were given by God through Christ Jesus. And his eternal purpose was carried out through Christ. And here's the deal. We can get caught up in many different things. We can get caught up in the isms and isms and argue about this or that. But one thing that we cannot argue about that has to be concrete, the cornerstone, is that Jesus Christ is the central focal point of Scripture. From the Old Testament all the way to the end, to the New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation. It's all about Jesus Christ. And that who is our Lord and Master and Savior is one that we can never take our eyes off of. I'll give you a quick example. Teaching youth group to middle school, high schoolers who don't really have a a good grasp of who Jesus Christ is. um, We, and I'm talking about we, I'm talking about me here. I had to take a step back. I had to take a step back and, and really think about how am I presenting things? Am I going too deep? But superseding that, I had to think of what do these young people need? More than anything else. And as I sat there and thought about it and prayed on it, I came to the realization that at one one point and probably more than one point, I was going too deep for them. but the thought kept coming to my mind, what do they need? What do they need? What do they need? And they need Christ. They haven't made a decision to follow him so they they must see the person of Christ in the scripture. So I had to do a whole 180 and just completely abandon ship on what I was doing and go to the basics and show them who Christ is. And what better way to show Christ than the gospels, especially the parables. So we went over those and, and it's going really well. So, but again, Everything is carried out in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Verse 12, In whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. There's in him again. There it is. In whom we have boldness. Brothers and sisters, let verse 12 be the kind of drive train, if you will, of our prayer lives. Listen, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. What do we have access to? We have access to the throne of God. We, we, through Christ, have access to the Holy of Holies. And if you recall, the Holy of Holies was the most sacred place where God's presence dwelt. And only the chosen priests could go in. And through Christ, that veil that separated the Holy of Holies and the rest of us was torn in half. It was split right down the middle, which now signifies that Christ Jesus is our advocate. He is our great high priest. And through him, we now have direct access to the Father. That is just unbelievably amazing. But that's what Christ Jesus did. We you can have a personal, intimate, saving relationship with God Almighty himself. You didn't have you don't have to go through an earthly priest. And Jesus Christ when he sacrificed himself on the cross, that was once for all. And so that my friends is something to get excited about. And far too often do we forget the fact that those things happen. That's why it's so important to be reminded of those things. And so with that being said, let's go ahead and move on to verse 13. It says, therefore I ask. Paul's asking here. Who's he asking? The saints he's writing to at Ephesus. He's saying, therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Let's just stop there for a minute. Let's stop there. Why are we stopping? He's asking fellow saints to not lose heart at his tribulations. Paul went through a lot of tribulation, especially in prison. But he wasn't doing it for himself. He's doing it for other people. And that's what we need to be like. Everything we need to do. Even if we're going through hard times, people, it's easy to shell up when you're going through hard times. And it's easy to become self-focused during those difficult times. But when you're going through hard times, also be looking up to lift other other people up. That's what he's saying. The year of glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. And we need to do that. When was the last time you were on bended knee? When was the last time you were on bended knee? I'll tell you what, when I, when I go on bended knee is why I really, really need prayer. And I really need God to hear me. Does that make a huge difference? No, but the more reverent you are, um, and the more you realize that you cannot do this on your own, the better off you are. Listen to verse 15. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Oh boy, This this is some good stuff here. I want to read that one more time because that is so powerful. And this is Paul's prayer for the saints. Listen, that he would grant you, who is he? God, that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power. God gives us the strength. He gives us the power. It's his power that he gives. Okay, we don't have that inner strength on our own. It's a Holy Spirit power working through us. Through his spirit, see there he goes. See, all everything's working together. The Trinity works together on our behalf. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that amazing? In the inner man, what's the inner man? Our spirit, our soul. Is he giving you is he giving you strength to do your uh 10 reps and then eight reps and then six reps at the gym? No. We're talking about he's like it's like giving you a spiritual energizing bar if you will that's that's a really horrible example but he's giving you that spirit within and why do we need that because the days my friends are evil the days are just dreary and dark and grim and hopeless but i tell you what we are the only hope of this dead and dying world so if you get down in the dumps Don't hang out there. Don't spend your time there. Understand who God is. And remember verse 16. If you you don't take away anything from this study, take away this verse here. That God would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. And it gets better. Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Does he dwell in your hearts through good works? Your own good deeds, your merits? No, it's through faith. Now, do deeds come along with that? Yes, they are. They are the result of salvation, not the actual means of salvation. Did you catch that? Works are the result of our salvation, not the means of it. And that you, going to the last part of verse 17, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Verse 19, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all. Again, there's that word all there, the fullness of God. Now, we need to go back here a little bit because we went through a lot here. So this prayer here, 16, 17, 18, and 19, let's just, I want to go back here and I want to hang out here for a bit because this, my friends, is so crucial. Is Paul praying for his deliverance right now? No. Is Paul praying that he would be treated nicely in prison? No. The reason why is because our prayer life, and this is a perfect model for it, our prayer life needs to be more about other people than ourselves. If you think about how what prayers turn into, prayers turn into, God, deliver me of this problem so I don't have to suffer anymore. God, deliver me of this sickness because it makes me uncomfortable. And it's also turned into health, wealth, and prosperity. God, please help me get my bonus. God, please let me get this job. God, please let me get this car. God, please let me get this new toy. And so on and so forth. It's turned on, it's turned into, excuse me, more of turning God into our spiritual genie than it is our Lord, Master, and Savior. When was the last time you prayed that God's will would be done in your life? And and listen, I have prayed many times for the deliverance of things. I have prayed many times for my health and for the health of my family. There is nothing wrong with that. But if you spend most of your time praying for yourself, you need to start looking in the mirror. If you haven't prayed a prayer that said, God, let your will be done, not mine. I mean, you need to start doing that because that's what Jesus Christ did. Could you imagine for a minute that Jesus Christ didn't go through the cross? What if he didn't go through it? We would be dead in our sins. We'd be devoid of the Holy Spirit. We'd be hopeless and in darkness and awaiting our justified punishment. And you know what? What did Jesus say in the Garden of Gethsemane when he asked God to let the cup pass from him? Not my will, but yours be done. That is powerful, folks. That is powerful. And we can't sit idly by here. And just pray for pray for things that we want all the time. That's just that's not how it works. And Jesus, when he prayed, he he was praying for the people. And you know, I want Here's what I want to know. And I don't want to get off too much on this, but we're talking about prayer here. We're kind of hanging out in prayer. But think about this for a minute. Wouldn't you want to know when Jesus went off by himself to pray to his Father what he prayed? I would love to know that. And we won't know until we get to heaven. But here's the deal. I have a sneaky suspicion (laughs) that he prayed for his disciples. I have a sneaky feeling that he prayed for his enemies that he didn't count as enemies, but they counted him as enemy. I have a sneaky suspicion he did that. And I I pray that that would be our prayer. Because we do need to be strengthened. And I'm telling you right now, being on this on this path of Christianity, the true Christianity, is not for the wimps. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for those people at all. It's for those who are tough and strong. And you're probably thinking, well, Nate, wait a minute, Nate. You said we're not strong on our own. Well, if we have the Holy Spirit living within us, we do have strength. But sometimes that strength can wear out. And if you've ever seen the illustration of the footprints in the sand, there's two footprints, uh, mine and God's, and we're walking side by side. And the next thing you know, you see one set of footprints and you're thinking, well, where did he go? Now that was God carrying you. Do you see what I'm saying? So that that right there is a perfect illustration of our walk, and you know we try to do things on our own. We try to go about this this walk on our own strength. But remember what we talked about on the show. What our it's kind of turned into our motto, and I thank God for it because I got it in the Book of Colossians, especially the first chapter. Is everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ, and I'm not. I don't say that to put on a T-shirt to. Make it a a catchphrase that will, you know, quote unquote, go viral because it won't. But the reality, my friends, is that's what the truth is, is our walk with Christ is not by ourselves. God didn't just give us a book here and say, "Okay, here's here's five steps to be a better person. There you go. Have a good day. That's not what it's about. It's a lifelong journey that we must pursue, and that not only that, we must persevere. And the wonderful thing is that we think uh, that we can do it on our own, but the reality is God knows us. Jesus understands. He was tempted at all things, but did not sin. And so the truth is, my friends, we have the inner strength because what's going on in verse 16 that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man now did we just get this strength just by sitting here and praying that god would strengthen us well that's a good that's a good first step but strength is found in scripture so we cannot sit here and just pray alone and You know, wait for God to strengthen us with this divine light power coming down. No, it comes through through the word. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the words of Christ. Romans 10, 17. So, let's keep hanging out here for a little bit longer. Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Faith, faith, and faith. That's where it is. And that you, being rooted and grounded in love. Okay? That's what we have to be rooted in, grounded in. That's That also has to be a foundation. And who is the absolute perfect model of that? That's Jesus Christ. Everything he did, everything he did is out of love. He would not have washed the disciples' feet if he didn't love. He wouldn't have said on the cross, God forgive them for they know not what they do if it wasn't out of love. And that's not just a And and here's the other thing. I'm not trying to go on another tangent here, but we have transformed. I don't even like using that word transform because what we've become in Christ is truly transformed. But what we've done as a society, as we've twisted, that's a better word, twisted love into something that it's not. We've twisted love into lustful passions that we cannot control. We think love is... Kissing somebody or having sex with somebody or lusting after somebody, that is not love, my friends. Agape, God, divine love is self-sacrificial, it's benevolent love. That's what and you want to know a perfect example of that found in First Corinthians 13th chapter, the love chapter. If you forgot what that was all about. Go ahead and open your bu- your Bible and go back and read it. Or we have a three-part series on love that we did many months ago now about love. You can go back and check that out. But that's the kind of love that we're missing. But that's the kind of love that Christ demonstrated for us on this earth through his service to... Now, let's just focus on this for a minute. Christ came to serve, not to be served. Isn't that powerful? He should, he should have been on the highest mountain with the biggest kingdom and everybody in this world should have served him and he, by all rights, should never have anybody have access to him because no one is worthy. But he came down in the form of a servant and he served people and he loved people. Is that what we're doing? Are we like our master or are we want other people to serve us? Ouch. But he is grounded and surrounded and consumed with love for us. Verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Spiritual maturity leads to this, my friends. The more deeper we go in Christ, the more we understand what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love Verse 19 of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up, up to all again, once again, the fullness of God. That is honestly what our resolution should be, is to be consumed with pursuing the heart of God, the heart of Christ, the heart of the Holy Spirit to to seek out through the scripture, the fullness of God but yet we focus on materialistic things through in-depth knowledge and personal experience and communion with God. That is how we understand those things. You know, I've done this personally, the deeper I go, the more I understand the magnitude of his love, who he is and what he's done. And you know, I'll just give you a little bit of an insider here too, that the deeper you go, the more broken you become. Anyway, you're probably thinking, wait, I thought we we're supposed to be made more complete, made more whole. Well, remember, repentance just, just doesn't happen before you get baptized or when you start the beginning processes of believing in Jesus Christ. Christianity is an ongoing brokenness. And the more you realize what your sin costs, the more you realize in depth and, and experience it a little, a little more personal like the more you're broken the more your sin when you sin against your father in heaven it breaks your heart because of how holy he is and what he's done for us it's just like a, it's just like a son to a father the right amount of respect is from a son to a father and we're talking about being disobedient stepping out of line when you step out of line being disobedient you shouldn't be so terrified of your father you're gonna get beat with a belt or of course that's highly legal now but you know spanked or anything else or grounded but um, here's the deal the the reality is when you sin and mess up, you should be upset because you disappointed them, because you hurt them, not because your fear of punishment. And so as children of God, by His grace, we as people, before we even, even think about sinning, understand the magnitude of that sin because Christ had to pay for it on the cross in full. So... The deeper you go, the more broken you become. But let's not hang out in the bad news. <laughs> but the deeper you go, the more you love Christ, the more you love God the Father, the more you 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 want to know them more. It's just like a it's like a relationship on this earth. Man, once you once you meet the right one that God is is destined you to meet, boy, I, I tell you what, you just you just cannot wait to talk to them. Even if you've been, if you, even if you've known them for years, the 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 more you want to spend time with them, the more you hold their hand, but you hold it in a different in a way. The more you you it, it, and you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily in a spouse too, but it could be a relationship between a father or daughter to her mother or to a father. It's different when you become an adult. My relationship with my parents is is a lot different. Unfortunately, I don't get to spend as much time with them as I like to, but boy, the love I have for them now is way different than when I was when I was a kid. You know, a lot of times when you are young, they, you just love your parents because they're, you know, because they do things for you. And then you get a little older, you realize it's it's not just the things they do for you, but they're always there. And it's not because that, because they, they, they love you they loved you first and they took taken care of you and they then when you become a, an adult and you have kids and you do you you self-sacrifice for your kids and they'll never know until they get older and you realize the magnitude of that love and what it costs and they, you know they they could be out on vacations and spending time with friends and doing the things they want to do but they would rather spend time with you and boy, I don't want to hit us hard here, but how much more of that relationship to God? And He is at the door knocking, saying, Son, let me in. I want to talk to you. I want to get to know you more. I want to, I want to show you the fullness of myself. I want to show you the fullness of my love. I want to show you my faithfulness. I want to show you mercy. That's what we need, and that's what we so desperately crave, but we, we we go about it the wrong way. So let's start wrapping up here, these last few verses. Verse 20, Now to Him, talking about God here, who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to Him be the glory of in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So let's go through these last two verses and uh, break these down. Now the end of verse 19, we didn't really talk about this as I just read these two, but we're talking about the fullness of God. You know, the fullness of God is something we need to be consumed of, but you know, we need to be, pursuing God through His Word and obedience to the Word. And the Holy Spirit illumines the Word so we can understand it, and it gives us the strength to obey. The Holy Spirit gives us that strength to obey. Now go to verse 20. Now to Him, God, who is able to do far more abundantly beyond what we ask or think. If you've ever prayed, uh, what I would encourage you to do is get a journal And what I would also encourage you to do is to date it. And you will see that, God, it may take years for some of my prayers. prayers Some of my prayers are still unanswered yet. Um, But here's the reality. He has answered them all. And I will just tell you, in some of my most desperate moments, God has been uh, so good to me. Now, in my most desperate moments, if the answer was no, does that diminish his goodness? No, because I have to trust his will. We're supposed to be men and women of faith, are we? Do we trust God and his plan? If if God's will is for me to keel over and die right now as I'm recording this, does that diminish his goodness? No, he is justified in taking me at any point he wants. And I have to be a submissive, faithful, obedient, slave of his, a child of his, and say, Lord, if you want my life, take it. It's not your mind life to live, it's for you. It's yours. So here's the thing, as we start to wrap up here. God is able to do far more abundantly beyond that we can ask or think. That should give you goosebumps. Is your God a little God or a big God? My God is big. And the problem is we have plans. And we like to pursue our plans, but if it's not in direct correlation with God's will, it's wrong. So when you pray, and before you even make plans, God, is this your will? Show me that it's your will, and He will show you. Now let's go to the end of verse twenty. According to the power that works within us, that's the Holy Spirit, people. He is able to do a more a ab- abundantly far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think according to the power that works within us the holy spirit now this is talking about to god here to god again christ the holy spirit they're all god to christ be the glory in the church boy is that something that we need to work on in the church yeah you betcha yeah he needs to be the head of the church. It's not, it's not your pastor's church. It's not your church. It's Christ's church. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So we have went through this uh, in, in a different way. We, we we went about this a different way. And let me just say this. I hope you actually liked it a little bit better. It seemed like it flowed a little more smoothly. And so with that, I want to say thank you for joining me today. And God willing, soon we're going to go through chapter four, chapter five. And I'm not trying to cop out here, but chapter six, we've really talked about in detail in a previous episode So I'm going to actually going to re-upload that and put that out there so that you can see and experience that once again, because it was a very, very powerful episode because I re-listened to it and it it was, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I, I thought it was pretty good. So here's, here's the thing, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to cheat you here, but It's very important to hear that once again. And so with that being said, we got chapter four coming up, God willing soon, chapter five. And then I'm going to redo chapter six in a little bit of a different way. But, and then we're going to, we're going to take a break. Okay. So I really appreciate you all so much. I really do. and. I am thankful that you have been with me on this journey and continue to be on this journey. I'll keep you updated as I go. But with that being said, I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you in the year of 2022. I pray that he sanctifies you and sanctifies you deeper and deeper and closer and closer to him from glory to glory. And I'm thankful for all that you do uh, for for the Lord. And just know that what all the things that we do in Christ is not in vain. It's not in vain. And I pray that 2022 is a year that you draw closer with Christ. And that he just is able to just open up the scriptures to you. So, you can see the fullness of his glory. And I have a good feeling about 2022, people. And, you know, I say that, and this might be my last year. You never know. But whether I live or whether I die, it's all for Christ. It's all for Christ. So, with that being said, everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. Until next time. God bless you, my friends.